all fundraisers know, fundraising starts with making your case. What can we learn from healthcare? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by Eric Richards. He's the president and CEO of Cancer Support Community of Central Indiana. Now, Eric has his master's degree in philanthropic studies from the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, and he's also continued with executive education from the Fundraising School. He's translated all of that learning into practical application being a successful fundraiser and now president and CEO in healthcare related fields. Eric, thanks so much for being with us. You know, as you know, we teach that making your case is the starting point. How are we unique? How are we distinct from the many other good nonprofits and causes that are out there? We find donors who share our values and our unique case can help them as they make their donation decisions. What does this look like in the field of healthcare? Sure, yeah, in our case for Cancer Support Community, you know, we know there are 20,000 people diagnosed with cancer each year here in, in our region. Um, multiply that times the number of survivors, you know, people are living longer with cancer, a cancer diagnosis. Um, some types of cancers are becoming chronic diseases that are treated with oral medication. And for us at Cancer Support Community, you know, we really pride ourselves on the fact that we serve people directly with services and programs for your charge. So, you know, some cancer-related organizations, as, as an example, you give dollars to, uh, they hold fundraisers, walks, and so forth. Some of those dollars go elsewhere, providing research, um, dollars for research, whereas we're providing a direct resource for people. Um, and it's really about emotional health, too. So you can imagine being diagnosed with cancer and hearing those words, you have cancer. It's just as taxing on a family member or a spouse or a caregiver. Um, so what we're doing is providing a venue for people to come be around others who are experiencing the same trials and tribulations they are to let them know that they're not alone uh, in, in this world. So our case is really built around um, you know, boots on the ground and, and serving local, local folks all free of charge. So one aspect of making your case, if I'm understanding you correctly, is distinguishing yourself from the wonderful folks who are raising money for cancer research. And we know cancer detection is happening earlier. Survival Correct. rates are going up. Correct. Death rates are going down related to cancer, at least Correct. in shorter terms. Uh -huh. All of that's due to research. So Absolutely. that's a great thing. Absolutely. You're making a different case. That's correct. How so? So think about, uh, again, if, if you're diagnosed with cancer, um, the, the heavy burden that puts on your shoulders and you don't know where to turn, where to go. Um, as a result of that, you know, depression, um, decreased adherence to treatment, um, mm -hmm. people not going through the treatment mm. um, process and really giving up. Um, my life is over, I'm gonna give up, I'm gonna um, you know, stay home, I'm not gonna do what the doctors told me to do in order for me to get better. Um, and so what we do is we sort of step in and say, you know, you're not alone. There are other people experiencing the th same things that you are and we want you to know that it's okay what you're feeling. It's okay as a caregiver to be frustrated with your loved one who's a cancer patient. Um, and we wanna put those caregivers around other caregivers um, to, to talk about what they're going through, to talk about, you know, to be able to say things they wouldn't say in front of the loved one. Um, and for kids whose parents have cancer, you know, teenage years are hard enough as it is, mm -hmm. um, you know, with, with nothing, you know, going on from a, a health perspective in your family, but imagine mom or dad is diagnosed can with cancer at 13 and their prognosis isn't good. Um, you know, compound that with all the other stresses, um, you know, it's a difficult. So we're trying to really provide that community and that's why it's so important that that's part of our name, is that community of people who are experiencing 
So that's a wonderful service. And we're trying to think, how now does that translate to fundraising? So right. when you're doing your fundraising planning, mm -hmm. uh, certainly you have your donor database Absolutely. and you're looking at your existing donors, you're staying in touch with them. And as you learned that uh, somebody who's a repeat donor is inviting us to invite them to make a larger gift over time. Mm -hmm. But I'm very curious when you think about during your fundraising planning, your prospective donor. Is there a typical prospective donor for your nonprofit, how does that affect your fundraising strategy? Sure. Um, so there's sort of, sort of two, two I think types of individual. One, you know, we're all impacted by cancer in some way. They're not. You can't go very far um, um, down the line without um, knowing someone who knows someone in their family and themselves or their spouse or their grand, maybe a grandparent or aunt or uncle. Um, so there's already some sympathy I think built into what we're doing, and people have seen people go through cancer treatment. Um, and so we have those individuals who may not know who we are as cancer support community, but know what it's like for someone to go through cancer because they've mm -hmm. seen it themselves. Sure. Um, and two is sort of the grateful patient as we were talking about uh, prior to this. Um, and, and that is those individuals who uh, receive a service, um, get treatment at, a, at an institution. You know, those individuals who had a son or daughter um, who were treated, um, gone through, you know, a, you know, the grateful patient, um, who are also those prospects, I guess, if you would call it that, um, who, who are uh, those that we would uh, try to focus on. Yeah, that's what I was really wondering about, are the cancer survivors. And, mm -hmm. you know, so you think about higher education, we fundraise from alumni, and we hope that people generally had a positive experience with their alma mater mm -hmm. uh, and are excited to, to give back. And that's true for so many nonprofits. Somebody who was in Boys and Girls Clubs is a little one or scouts, Girl Scouts or Boy mm -hmm. Scouts, and we can just go on and on who had that personal positive experience. But what about if I had this, you know, very challenging disease, I'm a survivor, I got to ring the bell, mm -hmm. and that was a happy day, mm -hmm. this is somebody who's a prospective donor for you. It sure is. How does that work? Is there a certain time that you wait? How do those relationships develop? Certainly there's still a great sensitivity there, yeah. even though they've had a positive outcome. Right. So you know, it's all about uh, sensitivity. Uh, that, that's, that's a great, great word to use. Um, and a lot of folks come to us, actually, um, at the end of the day. Um, they're Ooh. the ones that are reaching out. You know, hey, I know uh, I've heard, I heard or saw your commercial on TV or saw your billboard, wanted to check you out, went on your website and really love what you do and so wished I'd known that you were here. Ooh. And I want to make sure that other people know that you're here. So if they experience something that, that like I did, that they have, they know you're, you're there and that they, have a, they know they had a place to go uh, to, get, to get help. So you get a lot of those sort of um, uh, cold calls, if you will, um, from a reverse perspective. Um, and others, you know, come through uh, some direct mail acquisition and those types of things. People that have um, identified, self-identified themselves as, um, you know, um, having uh, some sort of uh, either through a diagnosis or, or they're a survivor themselves or they have a family member that, that, that may be a survivor who self-identified as, um, you know, cancer causes um, are important to them and helping to fight the fight is important to them. So that would be another really uh, ideal way that we would um, try to attract. So members. we know that fundraising from individuals is about 85% of all donated dollars. The most recent Giving USA data, about $428 billion were donated in 2018, and about 85% of that in one form or another came from individuals. And we're talking about, for you, individuals primarily are cancer survivors mm -hmm. or and or family members of people who've had to endure this horrible disease. Correct. What about for foundations and businesses? Sure. Do you find support there? And is the case the same? Is the case different? How does that play into your fundraising planning? 
So corporate uh, donors in particular are very much like individual in a lot of ways because they're they're individuals too, right? Mm -hmm. So regardless of whether the fact that they're a manager of some corporate fund or foundation, you know, they're likely to have a, a story, uh, a perspective on um, someone in their family, their loved one who had a cancer diagnosis and is a survivor, maybe unfortunately didn't um, didn't make it um, or win their battle. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's and I totally forgot, spaced the question, sorry. Yeah, so when you look at foundations and businesses. Yes, yeah. okay. Restart the question over. Yeah, he'll have sorry, to my apologies. Okay. That's okay. Okay. So we know that when we're fundraising, about 85% of donated dollars come from individuals. In Giving USA 2018, the report showed $428 billion were donated, and again, about 85% of that came from individuals in one form or another. For you, individuals are primarily folks who've suffered this challenging disease and uh, hopefully have survived and wonderfully have survived, or members of their families, and we're making a specific case to them. What about foundations and businesses? Mm -hmm. Do you find charitable support there? And if yes, is the case the same? Or do you have to modify your case for charitable giving from those two sectors? Sure, on the corporate side, we treat that as um, we would an individual donor. And um, why that is, is because we're dealing with individuals who um, have likely experienced some sort of a, uh, have a cancer story or um, had cancer themselves. So for us, uh, getting groups of volunteers involved um, is not a difficult um, proposition mm -hmm. and we're really able to engage volunteers in many different ways because they want to give back to cancer causes mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they've experienced it or maybe they have a coworker um, that has also experienced it. And what's unique about us is we serve anyone who has cancer. So we actually can be a service to that corporation, mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. free service for their employees. So any of their employees can actually come to us or their family members. So that's what's a little bit unique for us is um, that we have that ability to to sort of recruit new people and make sure that they know that we're that we're around. So the corporate side is is really pretty fruitful for us. And how about on the foundation side? Is it like all nonprofits? They have their guidelines, and you find the ones whose guidelines meet your mission. It, it is, and 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 one of the difficulties for us is the fact that we serve anyone. And so we see people from the entire socioeconomic spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, if you have a foundation that's really, um, you know, focuses on supporting um, underserved population, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. self-sufficiency uh, type of, 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 of uh, initiatives, sometimes we don't fit exactly nicely, but then we have programs that we would um, uh, put forth in, in a grant application uh, to get funding from. So we, you know, traditionally uh, we get um, some grant funding. It's not uh, as robust maybe as I've, I've had experienced and in, in earlier in my career at different, different organizations, but uh, certainly is uh, important part of, of the pie for us at Cancer Support Community. You know, Eric, when you described your funding from the business sector, we talked about grateful patients. It sounds like you have some grateful employers. We do. We and do. then they either provide volunteers and or funding to help your cost. Correct. And uh, it's usually both. Um, yeah. um, really, uh, It really is. And you know, being up at Park 100 where we are physically um, and geographically, um, we have 250 businesses that are right there. and. You know, when you when you talk to someone who has a cancer story, and so many of us do, they tell you the story, and they always want to tell you the story. They find out you work for a cancer-related organization, mm -hmm. you hear their life story. Mm -hmm. It's always this. Uh, it's a really interesting experience that I've had over the uh, last decade plus um, working in the in the oncology slash cancer field, and 
um, people willing to share their story about you know mom or or their or their loved one um, or, or a kid um, and um, how grateful they were to whoever helped out during that time. Um, and listening to the story is just part of human dignity. And by the way, it's also a key skill for fundraising. So we need to make our case. We have a wonderful example here of how a case is being made. And of course, even if you're not a health-related field with your fundraising, uh, hopefully there's some learnings here that you can adapt to your particular context to strengthen your case and be successful with your fundraising. Now, I mentioned that Eric is an alum of our master's degree program. Uh, that master's degree program is now entirely online wherever you live on planet Earth. Maybe if you're spending time up in the space station, you can still <laughs> earn our master's degree because now this is entirely online. You can find out information on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. And then if you have the forward slash the fundraising school, you'll learn about our executive education, 20 courses in 18 U.S. cities, custom training that can go anywhere across the world, quarterly webinars, and these free weekly podcasts, all available at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. I'm Bill Stanjakovich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.